Mark your calendars! The ADCES 24 Annual Conference parades into New Orleans August 9-12, through 12, 2024. Registration opens March 26, but you can start planning your trip now. Get ready to seize opportunities to connect, learn, and optimize your diabetes care and education practice. Stay tuned for updates at ADCES24.org. Hello, and welcome to ADCS's podcast, The Huddle, Conversations with the Diabetes Care Team. In each episode, we speak with guests from across the diabetes care space to bring you perspectives, issues, and updates that elevate your role, inform your practice, and ignite your passion. I'm Sasha Yulman, the Director of Diabetes Education and Prevention Programs at the Association of Diabetes Care and Education Specialists. About every five years or so, ADCES conducts a national survey to understand how the workforce of diabetes care and education specialists is changing. This survey, called the National Practice Survey, helps the association understand current trends, including how diabetes care and education specialists and their services are integrated into the full care team beyond formal diabetes self-management education and support services. In this episode, 2022, ADCES President Jan Kavukchin joins us to discuss why this survey is so important. She gives us a teaser of some of this year's findings and explains how the results influence strategic planning and key initiatives of the association. Jan, welcome to the huddle. Thank you. So it's so great to have you here with us on the huddle. Can you tell our listeners a little more about your work in diabetes care and education? Sure. I'm very honored to be here with you all today. I am the 2022 elected national president of ADCES. I'm very honored to be serving you in that role. My work life includes being an associate professor of health outcomes research and policy at Auburn University's Harrison College of Pharmacy. It's an outcomes research department. And in that um, outcome spectrum, I am a behavior scientist. I have long studied the self-management behaviors relevant to diabetes type 1 and type 2, but also I am a national DPP lifestyle coach. And so on an outreach basis, I also have the joy and the privilege of teaching some classes in the DPP program here in my community. But my primary background is in research, and it's how I came to ADCES, formerly AADE, about 16 or 17 years ago, and found my professional home here and have stayed ever since. And it's probably also why I'm the person talking to you about this particular survey, because I am the current president, but I also served in 2020 and 2021 as the National Practice Survey Research Committee Chair. So I'm all about the research, and I'm very excited to tell you some things about what we did and what we found. I'm excited to hear them. I'm so interested in health outcomes research in general. Um, so maybe kick us off by telling us what the National Practice Survey is. I know your backgrounds in research methodology. Can you share a little bit about the importance of data validity in general and then specific to the survey? Sure. That's a really great set of questions there. Um, so the NPS, as I'm going to call it for short, is something that ADCES conducts about every five years. I believe that the first year that we conducted it was in 2008. So the last one was conducted in 2017, and it was just time to go ahead and gear up to start 
developing that survey for what it is that we wanted to know in this contemporary time. The survey research group or the team, the committee, if you will, was comprised of 10 people, including myself, with quite a diversity of expertise. There were certainly representation across practitioner types. Um, There were a few of us that are primarily in the research and or diabetes prevention program space. And then a few of us that certainly had some experience in survey research, myself included. So really wanted to get some diversity. We even had someone who had formerly been with the CDC who was on that committee and really contributed some wonderful national perspectives about things to include. So we followed generally accepted survey research methods in order to generate questions and instructions and branch logic within the structure of that survey that were likely to be understandable and have what we would call face and content validity for our target respondents who would be you know, members of ADCES and or persons who are CDCESs or BCADMs who are not necessarily members. So we had a couple of phases for the process. We had an initial phase where we were just simply generating items. We were creating an item pool. And the first thing that we did was look at the 2017 survey to decide what was still there that we needed to keep, whether some key performance indicators or areas of strategic interest that we wanted to keep so that we could continue to track progression on those pieces as we went forward into this current NPS 21. And then we also were looking at the landscape in 2020. You know, we started in early 2020. And as you know, the pandemic emerged in late January and even into March in particular. And so we decided that we really needed to think ahead, not just look at the survey for where are we right now in the specialty of diabetes and care and education, but thinking about what's emerging. What do we need to be kind of looking at now and thinking about questions that we would want to ask and thinking about how we can prepare for the future, but also to collect some new topics that would allow us to kind of get a baseline that we would continue to collect going forward from here. So we together created that item pool, and I'll be very brief about what I'm going to say about the methods, because I know if you are someone who wants more detail on these methods, you can find them in the paper, which is coming out in the Science of Diabetes, Self-Management, and Care this month. Um, You can find all the details about the methods there. But we went through a couple of rounds of what we call pre-testing of the survey, um, even before it was loaded onto the online platform by which it was responded to. So we were looking at questions and just trying to revise the wording. We got input from several people. Once it was loaded onto the online platform and all the branch logic and instructions were added, we actually pre-tested it again with a small sample of persons from the target uh, respondent pool to just tell us what needed to be revised, what was confusing, how long did it take, and so on and so forth. And so a whole other round of revision came. And the reason that we did what I just described was because we wanted the content to be understandable to the target audience, which I have described, and also wanted the contexts in which those questions were asked to be what we call face validity. So it just really you know, made sense that we would be asking those questions in those ways. So we did implement that. We built the survey in 2020. We spent most of the year, you know, really giving that a lot of attention uh, as a committee and also with leadership inputs from 
Leslie Kolb, who's the Chief Science Practice and Learning Officer for ADCES and others on the, the research end of things. So the survey was launched in 2021 and was available for response through sometime in April. And at that point, it closed. The survey was anonymous and it was uh, online and persons were informed about it via email. And the persons that were emailed included all of the members of ADCES, some of them CDCESs, some of them uh, BCADM, some of them not CDCESs, um, as well as uh, some of them were, for example, GPP lifestyle coaches and a whole host of other practitioner types. In addition, we also got the mailing list, the email list from the Certification Board for Diabetes Care and Education, or CBDCE, of all of their members. And so merging the two, it didn't duplicate for the people on both lists. It was just a combination of the two, and the emails were sent to about 36,000 people. And so responses were received, and we had a survey research consultant that was actually housing the platform where the survey was implemented and the data were received and actually conducted some of the preliminary descriptive analyses to the response data. Yeah, this was a big endeavor. And definitely you kind of answered the questions around validity of this study. I'm always curious about that. So can you talk about any changes that were implemented in the National Practice Survey this year? Sure. There were quite a few things that we were interested in. You heard me mention the emerging topics, and I'll talk about those in a moment. But we also wanted to tweak and fine-tune some of the just general questions that we were asking about the individual themselves. So when they were reporting, for example, on their gender identification, we realized that we needed to really modernize the terms that we were using there. And race and ethnicity. In 2021, we added new categories, including persons who identified as being of Middle Eastern descent, as well as persons who identified with multiple racial backgrounds. And so we also, one of the, I shouldn't say emerging topics, but something that we decided needed expansion was the notion of diversity. Uh, there's a recognition, and it's been a part of the ADCES strategic plan since 2018-19 that we really needed to be paying close attention to the diversity of persons practicing within the specialty because there's a sense that maybe the demographics are not um, matching with the persons that are at most risk for diabetes. And it was important to keep track of that so that we could continue not only in our strategic endeavors, but also just in initiatives that we had going forward. So we asked a lot of questions, new questions about race and ethnicity, how they felt that matched the individuals they were serving in their programs, whether DSNES or DPP. And then we also added some things that included, for example, the LGBTQ plus community and persons they're working with in that realm and resources that they were providing, but also in the disabilities-focused communities and specialized organizations. Oh, these will be really interesting trends to look at moving forward. It sounds like this is a good baseline and we'll be able to see hopefully improvement in the next survey in our diversity. But let's talk a little bit more about why ADCS does the survey and how the data is used. Okay, well, the National Practice Survey is really very important to informing ADCES about needs for development of training programs and resources and even 
conferences or webinars or symposia that ADCES is going to offer in order to help gear up our members to be practicing optimally in their settings. And so it identifies demographic trends, details on the disciplines that are members. Um, I keep saying members, but I want to remind you that I'm also talking about within the specialty. We also surveyed people who were not ADCES members, but were CDCESs or BCADMs. So we wanted to know details on their place of work and other areas of expertise, including additional emerging topics that we looked at that included this just real explosion of the use of technology in diabetes. This evolution of technology is moving fast and it's going to continue to. And I think we're really at a very different place in 2021 when the survey was taken than we were in 2017 with technology and devices. And so wanted to know what the areas of, I guess, competence, but also influence in the space of technology, but also the cardiometabolic space. We have realized in the past five years, and probably starting from the 2017 NPS, that most persons practicing within this specialty are already providing care for persons in topics like weight management and cardiopreventive strategies and cardiorenal and a whole host of other cardiometabolic conditions that are being addressed already by the persons practicing in the diabetes care and education space. And we also wanted to know what was happening in the behavioral health space. We recognize that the DCES or CDCES is really the practitioner in diabetes care that is probably spending more time with someone and maybe that first person to detect if they're having depressive symptoms or anxiety or diabetes distress or other mental health conditions that may really need referral to specialty care. So we wanted to know what was the status of that? These are three of the topic areas that were not only in our emerging trends, but they were also three of the six pillars in the new vision for the specialty that also launched in 2020. So three of those pillars included the technology, the cardiometabolic, and the behavioral health components. Also, the importance of the NPS is that it helps us identify gaps in the specialty and really better understand who we need to be recruiting into the field. It also informs and influences the work of ADCES in terms of the um, diversity piece that I spoke about a moment ago. But all of these things that we collected within NPS 21 are also being pulled forward as the board of directors for ADCES begins to approach strategic analysis that will go into the new strategic plan. The early work of that is happening right now, but it will really fully launch in January of 2023, um, hoping to have a five-year strategic plan in place at the end of next year. And a lot of what we collected in NPS 21 is really going to be critical information and uh, the strategies that we'll be considering for that plan going into the next five-year period. It also helps us further understand and gather data on the value that DCSs offer in a collaborative diabetes care team, but also at the individual level, the individual person with or at risk for diabetes and those related cardiometabolic conditions. So we want to know what they perceive of that value and where things stand with that, where they feel they have influence to help promote their work and making sure that we're 
also using that to inform our regulatory and advocacy efforts and also our industry partners, letting them know that our DCESs are perceiving they have more and more influence, for example, in the technology and devices space is really very important for our members, but also for the association as a whole. Absolutely. I really think this survey allows anyone working in the diabetes space to find valuable information to diversify and elevate our profession. One of the key takeaways I can use in my role at ADCS was that over half the respondents weren't aware of the revenue they generated for their organization. Around half didn't even know the cost savings associated with DSMES. So our team has already implemented a number of resources to address this gap and are hoping to see progress by the next NPS. So what are some important takeaways you want our listeners to know about? Oh my goodness, that's such a big question. This was a big survey that asked a lot of details, but I'm just going to try to highlight a few things. I really am delighted to tell you that in addition to all of the things that I've mentioned that were collected there, we also collected some data on career satisfaction. We wanted to know their perceptions of that and their perceived trajectory. And it was very, very positive. Close to 90% of respondents reported being very satisfied or somewhat satisfied for their progress towards their career goals, their satisfaction with their current position and the likelihood of fulfilling their future career goals. And that's just a really, a really exciting thing to see. We did also see, like others did, there was some burnout impact, you know, influence from the pandemic. You need to remember that this was collected in 2021. So we were a year into the pandemic and a lot of people were feeling the effects of that. But that was one highlight that I'm just really very excited about. I think we also found that the national DPP, the uh, the CDC recognized national DPP is a very meaningful opportunity for DSMES programs. About 54% of respondents agreed that they were equipped to start a recognized national DPP program. And yet only 16% of respondents reported actually being national DPP lifestyle coaches. So that's really quite an area of opportunity for continuing to work with people at risk for diabetes and provide access to DPP care. Obviously, the technology piece is quite large. I mean, influence is so big that the respondents reported really feeling like they had quite an influence in that realm and that they were the go-to person quite often in their setting for devices. You know, the monitoring and the data interpretation for both the provider in that setting, but also certainly at the person with diabetes level as well. About 90% felt like they had some role in that realm. And integration of those devices into their practice was also quite prevalent at 84% of respondents at some level of integration. And then also medication delivery device selection was also um, a place where they felt like they were having a growing influence in their care settings. Also, the delivery of care via telehealth. No surprise there, given that this was in the middle of the pandemic, but about 80% indicated that at some level, either via phone or virtual contact with persons with risk for diabetes, they, they were really engaging or integrating telehealth into their practice settings and also collaborating more with community resources on behalf of persons with or at risk for diabetes. And then there were several who also felt that their influence on diabetes care was in the therapeutics arena. About 92% of 
of respondents indicated they had some influence on the medication management aspect of things, including insulin titration and initiation and titration, and also medication affordability or assistance and access. So with some other things that we learned in terms of areas for development for uh, members of the diabetes care and education workforce is really a need for expanding DCES-delivered services that address more than just blood glucose. And this, this includes, as I mentioned, cardiometabolic and behavioral health realms, and really thinking about resources and training or assessment and screening on the referring for diabetes distress and those conditions that I mentioned but also diversifying the diabetes workforce to increase health equity and optimal diabetes care and education outcomes is just so important. While reducing health disparities, this really should be a prime area of focus, and it really is an important initiative direct from the very center of the graphic for the strategic plan that has been in place for the past five years. And I think ADCES has done a really good job of focus in that area Now I feel like we're going to be better able to fine-tune and hone in on things that will bring additional progress in that realm. Yeah, I know you've been talking about the vision for the specialty all year. And so I'd love to hear your perspective as the 2022 ADCS president about what the results of this survey say about the progress we've made in the specialty and where we have yet to go. Well, as I mentioned, the cardiometabolic space, you know, we have realized from this that Respondents to this survey indicated they do have influence in that space. They perceive that they have influence in their setting, in cardiometabolic conditions and addressing those, weight management in particular, as you can imagine, but also cardiovascular prevention in the face of someone with diabetes, well, also with prediabetes. And so just seeing some increase in perceived influence in that realm is just tremendous. What we also find, as you mentioned, is that many who responded don't recognize the value in that and they're not conveying that. They're not aware of you know, the financial and outcomes impacting piece that that brings to their setting and to the persons with or at risk for diabetes that they're seeing. And so we recognize the need to continue to not just assume that, okay, we know this is happening, but we really need to continue to propel the momentum for the cardiometabolic and the behavioral space as well, forward in that. So things are progressing forward with that. Um, As I mentioned, things are progressing forward with the prevention space and certainly with um, integrating diabetes education, diabetes self-management education and training into the care provision in diabetes and prediabetes as well as cardiometabolic conditions. So the integration of the education into the care components that they're already delivering and really acknowledging that this is what they're doing and this is the value that's being generated at the practice level, at the provider level, but especially at the level of the person with or at risk for diabetes and those other conditions. And that's probably just one of a multitude of things that I say in that regard for things that we learned. I think also recognizing that such a large proportion of respondents were really feeling confident in their role as the technology go-to person in their setting, over half indicated. So that is a definite increase in 2021 from 2017 survey results. So again, this really tells us that we need to continue to support 
the progression of that momentum going forward. And we're holding the ADCES second annual technology conference in diabetes in December of this year as part of helping to support the momentum of that going forward. Absolutely. And we just did the overhaul of Dana Tech. So we have lots of great resources for our members and beyond. So what last words do you have for the listeners and what would you like them to take away from this episode? Well, the first thing I really want to encourage you to do is know how very excited we are about the paper that has come out in the October issue of the Science of Diabetes Self-Management and Care. The title of that paper is Current and Emerging Trends in Diabetes Care and Education, 2021 National Practice and Workforce Survey. I personally found this to be quite rewarding endeavor. I'm highly motivated by the results that I'm seeing here. I feel like the future of this association and this specialty is so very bright. I'm hoping that you will take a look at that paper. If you're interested in the research, you can read that in the methods section. But I'm sure that each and every one of you listening to this is going to find something of very interest and motivation in the results on the discussion section of that paper that summarizes at least the highlights of what we found there. I also want to take this moment to encourage you that the next time you see a request for a response to the NPS, that you'll please take a moment to respond. Um, we really do want to hear your voice and your opinion is so very important. Each and every voice and opinion adds to this knowledge that is informing the endeavors that ADCES is doing, the resources, the training, um, all of the opportunities that we're providing for membership to really continue to grow in their own practice and in the satisfaction of the things that they're accomplishing within their practice. And so I also want to say that I hope that you'll join us at the ADCES 23 conference in Houston next August to see us continue to put the results of this NPS into action. It's going to be the 50th anniversary of the start of ADCES, formerly known as AADE. And we are just really gearing up and getting very excited for that as well. Yes, everybody, the best diabetes meeting of the year. Um, so hopefully people don't miss that next to our technology meeting, right? That's right. So thank you, Jan. And thank you all for listening to this episode of The Huddle. Make sure to download the resources discussed on today's episode. You can find them linked in the show notes at diabeteseducator.org forward slash podcast. And remember, being an ADCES member gets you access to many resources, education, and networking opportunities. Learn about the many benefits of ADCES membership at diabeteseducator.org forward slash join. The information in this podcast is for informational purposes only and may not be appropriate or applicable for your individual circumstances. This podcast does not provide medical or professional advice and is not a substitute for consultation with a healthcare professional please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions.